Welcome to the Quality of Mind Transforming Business Podcast, where we explore the game-changing understanding that can unlock new levels of performance and well-being in the workplace. If you want to be part of the new breed of leaders in business, if you're fed up with the conventional echo chamber, and if you want to be part of a revolution in human potential, then join us to discover the powerful resource that lives before our psychology, Hello and welcome to the Quality of Mind Transforming Business podcast series. And today I've got another lovely interview lined up, but not with one person, but with two. So we've got double impact because I've got Sarah and Michelle from Pure Potential. I'm going to get them to introduce themselves in a moment. They do some really fascinating work, very similar to Quality of Mind. And their focus at the moment is, although they work with all organizations, is on schools and education. So we thought we might jump on the podcast and talk about schools, education, and wider organizations to see what emerges and what we get curious about. So, uh, Sarah Michelle, welcome to the show. Thank you. Great to be here. Well, thank you for coming on giving up a little bit of your busy day. Could I ask you just to give a little bit of an intro and a background as to who you are and how come you do what you do? Yeah, so thank you, Piers, for for having us here. You've been part of our journey. So, um, yeah, it feels really fitting to have this conversation today. that's nice. My my background um, has been, I guess I've been passionate about um, exploring human behavior since I was very young. So the threads have just kind of followed through my life, but um, got into the world of HR um, uh, through a Ford Motor Company and then Deloitte & Touche uh, in the UK and Australia. So really in that kind of corporate HR development world. Um, and what I realized was I felt more, um, less of myself, let's say, less of of me showed up in a positive way uh, when I was sitting one-on-one with people, when I was really exploring with people. And that just led me naturally onto coaching um, and uh, working in a a kind of, um, yeah, one-on-one development uh, capacity. And then from there, it just naturally made sense to, um, yeah, get, jump into uh, different forms of coaching, which have evolved massively, as we, we've we talked about over the years. And so we now in Pure Potential, I guess we work with people to really understand and explore um, their experience, moment to moment, day to day, whatever their landscape looks like. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, a real joy to do so with fellow explorers of, of the human experience. Yeah, I can I can relate to your story. There's just a obviousness and momentum, and when you evolve in your own understanding, isn't there? And then you end up just finding more and more things that are well, a lot of more things drop away, and clarity comes through. So we'll get into some of that in, in a moment, uh, Michelle. But thank you for uh, saying hello. Um, so Sarah, thank you, Piers. It really is really great to be here. I consistent listener to your podcast and really really enjoyed it and and I think we've got similar backgrounds as well and similar to Michelle my backgrounds in corporate world in HR I was actually um, embedded in heavy industry in the chemical industry for for a number of years um, and involved in all kinds of kind of exciting organizational change and development work Um, but always underpinning it was this kind of sense of how do you get value from a group of people working together how do you make that as 
seamless and as enjoyable and as productive as possible. And it's and it's always fascinated me, um, that kind of social piece. Um, yeah, and set up my my own business 16 years ago, so stepped out of corporate world, went on a journey with NLP, similar to yourself, and yeah, saw the benefit of that to a degree. And then, you know, more recently into the understanding I'll say the last three, four years into the understanding that we explore through the pure potential journey. Um, and yeah, I, it kind of still really um, shows up in, in my work in team facilitation as well. Um, but the last year, you know, we, Michelle and I have been really focused on, on I, I guess, um, pulling the structure together of the pure potential journey and taking groups of explorers on this yeah kind of understanding of the human design uh, and we're very much alongside them you know we're, we're always learning ourselves so we do the pointing we do the guiding but we're learning all the time from from everybody that we journey with yeah it's wonderful and just that last point i mean i sometimes have to kick myself as to how lucky we are to do what we do because we're always learning i mean i know sometimes we might be the one that people look for to say things in a group or a thing but actually no there's all learning and i think that and we're going to get into learning in a moment aren't we but it doesn't really matter where you're sitting in the room it's all learning and and, and what a privilege it is we get to do this um and and i love the name that you've got pure potential because it's so apt and accurate that we just don't know what is available in the human condition as potential and and the by pure, I, I hear in that there's just like a organic emergent. It's not like work really, 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 really strive, strive hard and get potential. It's just like when you when you're sailing. You know, I often use the rowing sailing metaphor that pure potential just comes through. And I, I know you've had the the privilege and the pleasure of working recently uh, for a while with people in education, so in schools and head teachers. And I'd love to find out a little bit more about that because. With that, you're really doing two things. Well, there's, there's two contexts. There's them as the human being and all their pure potential. But then there's the cascade effect that could have on all those lovely little young minds that they're going to be uh, looking after and influencing. So um, can you just say a bit more about how you set those programs up and what your objectives are? And then what I'd love to get into after that what the power of this, what I call quality of mind or before psychology approach is about that. Yeah. Um, maybe, Sarah, if I, I give a bit of a background on the programme and yeah. what we do and then you dive in with the education piece. So um, the programme itself is, um, we call it an exploration. It's an opportunity for people to explore alongside us over a period of 12 weeks. So that fits nicely into the term of a school. Um, and on those programs, we have around about eight to 12 explorers. Um, and those individuals, they they come along often not really knowing what, what they're going to get on that journey. Um, so they're very, um, you know, we, we see the courage within them, the openness within them to explore. Um, we set it up by having the opportunity for a research phase up front. And that's our opportunity to meet with each of those explorers and really understand their landscape, understand their world, understand their reality as it sits in that moment. Um, and then with that, um, we kick the programme officially off and where we invite the, 
um, sponsors within the organization um, to come along. So those participants might be head teachers, they might be people within the, the central trust team, um, they might be trustees, um, but they all have this opportunity to come together at the beginning um, with people supporting them on the way um, to really kind of feel like we're here with you on this journey. And it's a beautiful opportunity to, to really share back with them the landscape that we've gathered from the research interviews, but also um, to, to really kind of paint a picture of the, the journey that's ahead. Um, and from there, we move through the 12 weeks of a range of group workshops um, where we explore together a range of one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions where we get to dive deeper into their individual experience, um, you know, what they're seeing, what, what what their questions are, what they want to see more of. Um, and we also have the opportunity for people to go on and explore independently. Um, uh, lots of, including your own peers, wonderful interviews um, with experts from around the world. And we've been uh, amazed at the incredible people that have um you know, being being so supportive at coming along that journey with us. Um, and so this this journey of transformation, I suppose, takes three phases, the first of which is to really understand the the human design, as Sarah was pointing to, this operating system that we all have, but we rarely talk about, that we rarely kind of have a sense of. Um, we then move into the next phase, which is looking at, well, with that understanding, what does that mean in how I show up in the world? Um, looking at this landscape, you know, really practically, actually looking at this landscape um, that that I that exists around me every day, and then we look at the final phase, which is, and then how do I go about leading change in the world? What would that look like? Now I have this understanding, um, and we finish it with a beautiful opportunity for a closing ceremony, which Sarah and I think of people coming together around a campfire, maybe with some marshmallows and kind of celebrating their journey and um, really kind of sharing it with those organizational sponsors that we bring back in um, and looking at how will they, what will shift moving forward for them? What are their ideas? What are their, uh, what are the possibilities, the potential that they're seeing? Um, and how can we continue to travel together? Because although it seems like it's a, a, a journey of 12 weeks, it's really just the start of a journey for life. Um, and we really, you know, encourage them to continue that ongoing exploration and look at, you know, how's that possible? So that's a sense of, of the exploration. But, but Sarah, maybe in terms of the education setting. Uh, yeah, thanks, Michelle. And I, and I think it's useful to know if, if anyone's not familiar with education, particularly in the English system, the UK system, this kind of personal development, I think, is quite unusual. There's a very strong emphasis on professional development, on CPD and learning the craft as an educator. Um, and there's a you know, good structure around that. But in terms of, of this um, more personal development, I guess, if we put it in that space, this is quite unusual. So I, I think our education leaders come to this with, um, well, we hope an open-minded kind of curiosity, but a sense of you know, what is this? You know, so they, they start with a yeah, very kind of little reference point for, for where we're going to take them. Um, so that orientation to us is really important. So that lead in research interviews, the sponsorship, I think is is really key to this context. Um, and the particular um, organisation that we're working with at the moment is a family of schools, so a trust, a multi-academy trust of schools. 
So the leadership sponsorship is is really key. So our trust leader, our chief finance and operations lead are very embedded in the pure potential understanding. Um, and they are providing impeccable sponsorship for the program. So we're hugely grateful to them. So they'll be there at the opening ceremony. They will look the leaders in the eye and say, you are really, really important to us. And we know you're going to get a lot from this journey. And that really helps set it up. So we're, we're going to end up, we're going to be in this amazing place where uh, we've already got about kind of 20 leaders have gone on the exploration. Uh, we've got another journey starting in January. So we, we were just um, talking today that we we feel that we're going to get to a kind of a tipping point with a, you know, a, a, I call them a powerfully loving group of leaders. There's already a lot of love in this organisation. It's very much powered in that way. But I think we're helping them really see the source of that um, and develop a language because um, we build a glossary through the programme to, to really have the language to be able to to point to and reference something that's essentially quite intangible. Uh, and I think that's really going to help. So we have big ambition, aspiration for embedding pure potential as a way of being um, through all through our schools, ultimately down to our children and our young people and then into our communities. Um, and we have some schools that are um, on the same site embedded within a community so we have the potential to take the understanding right from kind of nursery age children through to uh sixth form through to 18 19 year olds and then as i said very much into the community so big ambitions um and lots and lots of support and lots of backing at the moment mm, i mean what, what a gift i mean what a gift in what you're offering and uh, and the trust is enabling the, the people to take part in. And it was, you know, just thinking about it. So you're, you're right. Teachers tend to just do technical training, don't they, CPD? So step one, the fact they're getting to do anything uh, non-technical is, is is a bonus. And the fact that then within that personal development, you're pointing them to this approach, which is really transformative, really whole person is, you know, even better. And, and, the sort of the slight paradox of that, although not really, is that whereas it might feel very personal and nothing to do with work, it's absolutely going to make a difference to how they impact uh, the work, uh, fellow teachers and the pupils. So can you say a little bit more about how, although you're just working with these leaders, what the benefits are within the schools that people are starting to see and experience? Yeah. There's lots of individual stories out there that that have been shared with us. Maybe we'll we'll share a couple of each. But um, I think at a very foundational level, um, you know, head teachers turning up in their schools, feeling literally feeling lighter, um, mm. that less weight on their mind, and just how visible that is. Um, you know, it seems something intangible. Um, but actually, how do I turn up when I when I have my staff meeting or how do I turn up when I greet the kids in the morning, um, when I've got a free of mind, when I've got a different relationship with who I am um, and actually who I see them as being? Um, is it's, It is unquantifiable and yet it's really visible. So we've had one head teacher recently who's been really um, articulate in explaining how 
her her staff have said to her you seem so much different you seem so lighter you know you you seem so much um more able um to just move with ease um through your day so that's felt um and that's a sense of um kind of confidence that we gain you know from from when we see our leaders operating in that capacity um and that's beautiful to see and and then that leads into you know an example of a, a head teacher you know being able to very tangibly take um some of the items that we talk about on the course some of the language and bring it into assemblies um bring it mm. into a dark room to share with parents when children maybe are struggling and they want to have ways to explain that so we've got both ends of mm. how it helps but actually some some really practical um, ways in which we can have different quality of conversations with people yeah and it's interesting because because the, the and it's it's more difficult maybe to quantify but the the difference in being and what the effect that has on everything else you, you can feel it you can sense it it's it's the secret sauce it's the magic which, which it just gets some people just being lighter and being more in flow and less in their own head to use that language and then you've got the very kind of outputty things which are like oh i've said something different you know pointed them in a different way which might be sort of prepared or, or organic but but i think that you've got both ends of that and you're going from the profound to the practical um and, and amazing and also it will help people outside of school in their own lives because this can't not it ripples everywhere so if someone's listening going wow that's that sounds amazing this is this is like you know too good to be true what is it you think is the difference and this is not an easy question to our answer um what is it about the approach you're doing and this similar to what i talk about with quality of mind and before psychology what is it you think is the difference that makes a difference in what you're pointing to in your program that maybe other even very nice personal development or programs aren't doing what's the secret source do you think to why this can make such a difference so transformatively gosh it's a big question isn't it mm, it is, it is a big <laughs> um what what makes the difference um I, lots of things i think i think i think there's absolutely creating the space creating the opportunity um, to set the intention to um, have the care and the courage to really look afresh at the human experience. So mm -hmm. I think that's really, I, I think we can underestimate that, but I think how we set this up is is absolutely key to that, which I think really cleverly takes our explorers by the hand you know and just kind of gently leads them through what the, the kinds of questions that we never ask ourselves mm. like what what is the nature of thought you know what is thought you know to just look at that afresh um and then to really dive into it i know you do a huge amount of direct inquiry in your work peers and, and we do that absolutely on the program in a, an experiential in a a playful way just to look at that afresh and then the same in terms of emotion in terms of beliefs um in terms of moving through to to look at identity and how we see ourselves so i think it's a it's a very carefully crafted gentle 
walk along that path of let's just look at it all afresh and, and, and let's just see what we see when we come at it with that new orientation. So the, so the foundations phase is very much that exploration, which, which tends to, I guess, unravel a lot of old habits and thinking, a lot of kind of conditioned patterns of the way things are. And then we we kind of reach this turning point of the program where, where people have got that fresh orientation or at least a sense of it. And that's, as you know, that's going to be different for everybody. Some it's it's more obvious sooner and, and for others, they wrestle with it. And all of that is absolutely fine from our perspective, all completely normal. Uh, and then there's an opportunity to really look at, at the challenges that they bring. Um, mm. And I think that's maybe also what really works in the journey that that practical piece of this is how i was seeing you know the workload or the relationships with staff members in my school or particularly tricky parents and i can look at that afresh with this new lens this new sense of oh yeah that's coming from me you know that's that's my mm. projection onto my context it's, I probably it's, haven't done that full justice, but well, there, there, there's there's loads in what you said, and I'll dig into a little bit in a moment. But it, just okay. one thing at the end there is is what I love about, and I'm sure it's similar for you, is that you know we do an intake before we start, and we ask people to sort of you know how they see the world, all the challenges in the organisation, and then we, we park them while we do the first immersion part of the workshop, and then we, we, when we get to the part where we bring those back into the room, and you put the list back up, what is spectacular to watch is people just as as they read through what even what they said two weeks ago or whatever it was things are starting to dissolve they go well actually there's not such an issue as i thought it was and even without any workshopping or talking about it it's already losing its grip as they start to see oh that was just a symptom of what i would call a contracted aperture so that the practical stuff starts to solve itself so and and then there's some things that do need a bit more, you know, looking at. But it is amazing how that happens, isn't it? You can go from this very profound bit to that to the implications being quite practical. And 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 maybe another way of asking the same question, because it is hard to describe what the what's the difference that makes a difference. But what is it that you're compared to, and I'm I'm generalizing here, a more conventional approach? What is it you're not doing? Why are you not pointing people? Yeah, I think there's a couple of things come to mind for me there. One is that um, we talk about this sense of um, when we turn up to this or when a participant turns up to this journey, we're not there to um, provide them with the tools and the solutions and the approaches to all of the individual apparent problems that they come with because that would be a, an unsustainable, um, you know, forever job. Um, and I think a lot of programs will have a specific goal in mind. We're trying to get you to see this or do this or have this different behavior as a consequence of it. And we say that there are no two experiences are going to be the same on this journey. Um, and that although everyone is coming on a similar kind of trajectory in terms of the steps that we take, everyone will have a very different experience of that. Um, and, and that's very overt in the way that we do it. And whereas most training programs will be very clear at each stage what everyone kind of needs to get and, and what's expected. Mm -hmm. 
So that means there's more space, there's more freedom. I think there's more expansion available for whatever people are seeing, whatever people are, um, what 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 kind of understanding is shifting for them, what's falling away, um, is completely perfect for them in that moment. Um, there's no wrong or right as to the path. So there's a myriad of different directions that it can take. And I think that's quite liberating. And I don't think we do that very much when it comes to um, education, development, um, you know, showing up for traditional uh, courses. Um, they're quite prescriptive in the line, the, the, the kind of um, the lane that we're wanting people to travel in. So I think there's definitely more, more, more freedom, more space. Um, and the fact that Sarah and I are showing up just like you, Piers, with this sense of, you know, we don't have all the answers to the the specifics. We're here exploring alongside them. So there is no right or wrong. And what's interesting, often participants want there to be a right or wrong at the start. We know they've got that within them. So we're trying to pull that out rather than to pump that into them. If they're, they're used to a very traditional, right, there's some knowledge, I need to learn it, I need to get better at applying it, and then I can tick the box. Um, we take all that scaffolding away, really, and, and, and we create much more spaciousness um, to explore. So it sounds like it's, you know, this isn't about knowledge, it's about insight and realisation. Yeah. And and what are you pointing people to have realisations about? Mm. I mean, Sarah, you mentioned a few things, but but, but what, what what is the nub, the core? Yeah, it's a good question, and and ultimately, the the source of all behaviour. So we, mm -hmm. we orientate our explorers in this way. So we we kind of tell them at the beginning, you know, that's where we're going to point them. We're not we're not as Michelle said, we're not going to be prescriptive in terms of these are the results that we want and these are the behaviors that are necessary to get these results. And this is the skills and knowledge that we're, you know, we, we're not going to do any of that. We're going to go right upstream to before psychology, as you would call it, to the source of, of, of behavior. And at that stage, I think at the early stages, there's an element of well, what the heck is that? Because we, mm. <laughs> we don't know. We're not, we're not taught it. You know, we kind of stumble on it we kind of get a feel for it. We probably intuit it really strongly, um but yeah that's that's where we're heading right back upstream to the to the source and and then there's just a kind of um you know in the hand holding and the gradual exploration there's just a growing realization a growing felt sense of yeah i can tap into that source mm. and actually you know i am that source you know and mm. and the more i kind of shed the need to be anything other than that then far more is available to me. The capacity that's released is sense of all of the innate capabilities that we have. You know, we explore creativity, connection, um, relationships. So, so we look at all of that afresh and there's this growing sense from our explorers of, ah, yeah, that's all on tap. That's all actually available to me. And the potential of that is infinite. Yeah, absolutely infinite and eternal. You, know, you talk about mm. exponential in your in mm. your world, so it's exactly the same. We fundamentally know that's available for everybody, and it's the ultimate leveler. You know, there is mm. no nobody that's more or less capable of accessing that. It's absolutely universally available to us. Um, but how we 
yeah how how we realize that you know that's the that's the business that we're in helping people see that so so given that's available and we that's what we point out and that's what we've seen and i'm lucky enough to have clients saying the same thing it's always fascinating to me is what has happened in (laughs) this is not kind of blaming but but kind of what's happened in society and education so that we don't come to adulthood thinking that and then and they need a course like i would offer or you would offer to help see that so it's fascinating to think where do we suddenly what happens in our current way we are conditioned and developed and educated to mean we have to come in a couple of decades later and point people to this what's your take on that i I love that question what what, what is it that you 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 see on that Well, well, Sarah, often you refer to, and I I see this in my son's school, this sense of teachers absolutely see the potential in kids. Like, I think absolutely see that. Um, Yet, interestingly, they often don't see that in themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, Often the kids don't see it in themselves. So it's interesting that we we have intuitively, I think, eyes for it in others. Um, And I think, you know, it's interesting in a system like education and, and you know, Sarah, you'll speak more, more knowledgeably on this, but this sense of, um, you know, really trying to be maybe prescriptive, I don't know, in terms of um, what what we want to achieve for, for individuals and the, the knowledge that seems to be at the heart of that. Um, and then I think it, we can become, become a bit lost in a system Um the the actual amazing opportunity for that individual to explore and to find that out for themselves. Um, so the upstream piece of it's all available, but yet in a system that is focusing probably a lot of the time on the downstream mm. behaviours, mm. to what extent then does it become conditioned within us to think that this upstream doesn't exist, that we've lost mm. Um And so we're putting all our emphasis, energy, pointing into the downstream behaviours and results um what if what if that shifted where would what's the potential um for the conditioning not to be so sticky as um um older as we grow through the education system and therefore what expansion is available to us and what potential do we then feel that we have access to Um, but sarah you 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 yeah no that's it's beautifully articulated michelle and i think you're you're absolutely right we've got We've gone on a little bit of a blind alley in terms of the results is the only thing that that matters. And then we've got to kind of reverse engineer from that to think, well, what's the the body of knowledge or the skills and then the the learning behavior? This is a massive industry in itself to then uh, seemingly enable results. And that looks like, you know, the the obvious outcome of any education system. But I I think there's a there is a challenge to that at the moment. I think there's a, a growing sense of actually, does it really work like that? And, and maybe and, and maybe COVID in some ways has done us a favour because it kind of broke the spell of that. And, and we were in a situation where we've had to relook afresh at a lot of things. Uh, I mean, I, and I think, you know, in our in our family of schools, we're, we're really fortunate in that we've got leaders that recognise that you've got to, you know, be in the system. You've got to get the outcomes in terms of um, the results because they do contribute to 
being in society in some way. So there's a, there's a kind of a game to be played, but how you play that game, there is space and freedom to do that. Um, so it's a, it, it's um, a really nice example from, so our current trust leader, our chief exec um, across the family of schools uh, was a head teacher. And when he was a head teacher, um, he, he tells a story of um, you get um, money in schools to to go towards pupil premium children, so kind of disadvantaged children. Um, and he put um, a huge amount into to music in this particular school, in the primary school that he led. And so instead of going into kind of extra lessons, he said, right, we're going to have a brass band orchestra in the school. Um, so a lot of those children were involved in playing uh, in a very you know, wonderful, dramatic way, in, in, involved in playing music. And the results improved as a result. Now, now, who knows what magic is happening there, but there's an intuitive sense that the more that we tap into that source, and whether it's just that kind of creativity or connection or just that sheer innate capability that we all have to create within us, I, I don't know, but that's that's really what we need to trust, that the more that we go to the source of behavior, the more that we trust all of these innate capabilities, the results will happen anyway. But I think we're just not at that, that point for fully letting go and trusting mm. that probably on a, you know, a little bit of a kind of a, um, you know, a path to that at the moment. And it's going to take some courageous, bold leaders within education that go, there is another way. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, absolutely spot on. Society does this all over the place. It looks at results and then tries to reverse engineer and it doesn't see much at the end we're working at because it doesn't see it yet. So then it just focuses on what it can see. But actually, you know, this is what's so fascinating. It's symptomatic of how we are in general in our conditioning. So science is still, I, I think it's changing, but still convinced of materialism as a as a paradigm that, you know, there's a separate me that has some eyes and a nose and some ears and senses and then there's an external world out there and consciousness comes from the brain and brain is the start point and that's what science still believes um even though it's not provable and slightly being disputed and then that trickles down into well i need to strive and survive in life by doing these things as a separate individual and i am the limited me that is me and it's not even questioned and then of course if those two things are agreed, then the education system's bound to be like it is. And what we're coming along and doing is saying, ah, we think education should change, but that's because something right at the top of the chain is a innocent, invisible misunderstanding about the very nature of the human experience. The very fabric of our reality is not made of what we think it is we are not separate individuals in the world with a finite kind of conceptual capacity we are part of the everything and we're living in kind of avatars or however we want to you know articulate it and all the striving we try to do to be okay in the world to we get on this sort of innocent hamster wheel rat race which school's trying to prepare us for is based on a really innocent misunderstanding so it's it's almost in a way we're trying to change it from halfway down the system and that's that's always what we're going to do but what's fabulous isn't it is that when people recognize that mm. 
but they may not articulate it in the way we just did. Um, they get it that they, they see the systems backwards. Yeah. And um, that's lovely when someone wakes up to that, when someone wakes up to that and they're like, oh, wow, it's not how I thought it was. I wish I'd known this earlier. And then the implications just start to pop out the back end, don't they? Um, and that's really what you're doing. I know you're doing it in the context of education, but you're waking people up to see the case of mistaken identity, um, the fabric of reality. And in order to do that, you have to do this in this, what sounds like beautifully curated process. And you have to hold their hand a little bit <laughs> to allow them to see that for themselves because the knowledge doesn't really do a lot. It's got to be realized. Um, but it doesn't take, I, I get so fascinated by once someone's sort of in the right space, it really doesn't take much to see it. It really doesn't take much to see it. Now, then after people will talk themselves out of it, but then it's our job to go, no, 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 you know what you were pointing to there? That's it. That's it. Keep going back to that. Yeah, but what about this really big problem? No, 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 no. Keep going back to that. Mm. What? Again, yes. <laughs> and the simplicity is just astounding. Doesn't mean it's easy. Mm. But the simplicity of it, I mean, I could describe it in 30 seconds, you know, the problem, but it, the simplicity of it is just almost too, I don't know, it's too simple and too profound for people at one level until they see it. And then it's like, yeah. oh, yeah. Um, anyway, that, that's my sort of ramble on. I don't know what you, you make of all of that. I love that. I love that. And I, and I think that's why we like the expedition, exploration, the kind of journey metaphor, because it is ridiculously mind-blowingly simple when you see it and yet there's the journey of apparently existing in this apparent material world isn't there so that you know that's and that's actually where the fun and the, and the pleasure is to a degree isn't it how do you how do you have that underpinning of, of the simplistic truth of who we are mm. and then you go out into the world knowing that and 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 kind of play this beautiful game of life that we're all gifted with um from that that grounding and and that you know that's why Michelle and I absolutely look and we love working together on this because we get a real opportunity just to yeah I mean Michelle's background is anthropology and that shines through just that real opportunity uh, to just you know marvel at yeah uh, well what's universal and then marvel at the the difference in terms of the experiences that are created from that universe and it's both isn't it and now, I want to ask you a particular question about education and learning, just given your, your context. So, uh, and regular listeners to, to the podcast will know, uh, we've touched on this before, around the areas of kind of like leadership and free will and change, in that there's no, although there's leading happening and change happening in organisations and doing and thinking, there's no er. So I always say there's no leader, chewer, uh, changer chooser doer so there's the ing there's the happening there's learning but there's no learner and you know i don't make you learn something so yes there's the appearance of learning or, or changing or leading but that isn't separate me and separate you doing that now how do you when you get to that part of your um 
12 weeks and you talk about learning and people start to go, hang on a minute, this would mean the implication for learning. I'd love to know how that sort of turns up for people as they stumble across something which would reverse sort of 30, 40 years of what they thought about learning. Well, what, what happens when you get there? I think this is the the heart of the programme, really, when we really start to... We've, we've gently travelled up until this mm-hmm. point in terms of it feels like we're kind of um, looking at the scenery of the, the human design and all the components that they're kind of, in a way, we can look at in isolation and make sense of. Um, and then we get to this point of, well, what does that mean? Who am I? Like, who who's the me in this? And I think mm-hmm. that's the, the heart when I think we really get to a point with these explorers of, of it gets quite um fascinating to see how that that goes with people and and i think what i notice most is that um the people that really engage in that see that at at a quite a deep level there's just such a falling away there's such a Mm. freedom and expansion then that's possible in terms of well okay i can see these things around me that exist in the world that appear to exist in the world, I can interact with them in in a way that's really different now because there is no implications here now for this character mm. the way I thought it was. So no matter what we're looking at, and learning is obviously um, so incredible how this system has learned to behave through this incredible um, programming that happens you know, all the time, and we're just saying, let's notice that. Let's get really curious about that. And when we see it for ourselves, then the implications in the classroom and the possibilities in the classroom just open up hugely. Um, and, and then what makes sense is an obviousness then in terms of mm. how I interact with that for myself, but then what I bring into my schools. And I, I don't know, Sarah, if you've got specific examples of that. Yeah, and... Um... Well, I I think what's what's coming to mind is the yeah what opens up, but also this kind of growing sense of my system is always always giving me real time feedback on how much I'm identifying with that idea of me, the character mm. of me, and um, I think what I've yeah what what we've noticed is. Yeah, emotionally, we're always going to have that sense of, am I too gripped or am I too invested in some way? And then that's the signal to to loosen up, to step back. Um, so there is an example that's just just happened last last week um, where I know that there was a quite a heavy conversation in uh, in a group of leaders that are kind of responsible for for all of the schools supporting the schools, um, and then the intuitive sense from the trust leader that we're getting too gripped by this and let's just back off let's just pause let's just wait and so any and I think what was in that was the the feeling of urgency uh, which is always an indicator of it's on me to do something about this or this looks important because there there is this idea of me that's at risk in some way so I think we can really intuit that um, and collectively intuit that I mean that's the power of bringing this into a into a team or an organization we know when we're getting too gripped when we know when we're making it personal when it is and then we can back off and in the backing off in the loosening of that this incredible 
idea came up, <laughs> this credible kind of re seeing of the that what looked like a problem as an opportunity so yeah i think it, it absolutely is the heart of it okay mm, yeah i mean that's a it completely changes our relationship with feeling mm. when you recognize that the only point of a feeling is to give you a little bit of feedback into where what i would call the aperture is so how self-identified we are or not and that's the point of it. So they're helpful. So stress, anxiety, worry, um, urgency. They're like, oh, thank you, system, for pointing the fact that I'm now a bit self-identified and a bit caught up and my windscreen's a bit dirty and I probably don't want to drive the car from here. That's the point of them, uh, which is so different to what we used to think, which was, oh, that must be something wrong with the world or me either there's something wrong with the world or me so so we can sort of see that and it, oh my gosh then you think that the intelligence of the system is fantastic and then the other part of the intelligence system i love which goes back to learning is most people would be very okay with the idea that if you know if you said to them well you see that forest over there and you see that it's autumn and the, the leaves are dropping off the trees you know how come some leaves dropped on tuesday some dropped on wednesday some dropped and went to the left a bit, some went to the right, and some looked like that, and some looked like that, and that one stayed there for another an extra week. They go, oh, that's nature. And people were absolutely fine with that. And then, you know, you can point to think, oh, that's nature. And that just happens. Yeah, that happens. And there's a thousand reasons why it might happen, when it does, how it does, and what shape it happens in. And then when you ask them about, well, how does a child learn... Um, something at school ah well it's to do with the syllabus of curriculum and how much time they spent in the classroom doing this and this and this you're like uh what really it's not the same system no 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 it's a completely different system (laughs) no it's not it's the same thing (laughs) they're both nature um there's no free will in either that there's no you know it it, it, i mean it's it's a different type of part of the system but it's the same which is why kids can just completely keep astounding you and what stuff they know sometimes and what comes out of their mouths. Particularly, I, I used to find when my kids were about sort of seven and eight, they could say some deeply insightful, profound things. You're like, huh, where did that come from? You know, just the way they see the world or, or, or something so insightful. And it's just it's part of the system learning. And all the key learning of us, you know, walking and talking happens before we go to school. So if we needed school to learn, surely, you know, we wouldn't walk or talk. Now, I do get those practical things for the game of life that the avatar that is me needs to understand. If I'm going to use a computer, I need to learn bits about coding or whatever it is. So I'm not knocking that, but it's the broader piece of learning and education that we, we, we just shackle the power of that what we called nature just a minute ago to let it do its thing um and really teachers are trying to they're trying to get out of the way of that or they're trying to be the nudges of that not the interferers to that and yet they're in a system that seems to want to interfere and limit it rather than be the the assistant conduit to it Mm. yeah so what else do you want to say about learning whilst we're in this conversation? Anything else about, you know, how you see this 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 upstream exploring 
helping us understand more about learning and sort of, you know, undoing some of those common, common myths. You know, the thing that comes to mind for me is how much hope there is within all of that in terms of the possibilities, but whether it's education, whether it's, you know, humanity as a whole, there's learning that's possible and therefore there's infinite possibilities within the system. Mm. That's such a good point. And that's why I always point to the biggest superpower we have is realization because realization allows the system, the avatar system, the conceptual mind, personal mind system to update to what presenting isness is doing. So through realization, we evolve is when one set of mindsets dissolve and a new one arises and that equips us to deal with climate change or wars or whatever it is and that is built into the system how cool is that yeah. i mean how um you talk about you know hopeful i mean I, I guess hope is a concession to the individual self but i know exactly what you mean um in that there's a bountiful awesome intelligence there just waiting well it's pure potential you know go back to your name <laughs> and we're just innocently kind of messing around in the way of it it's real time isn't it like it's so responsive to what's happening in front of us in that moment so you know you just think about we talk about kind of a, a critical mass of the number of people needing to see this it's like well actually just one person seeing this we don't know the the, the impact that happens from that um, and I, I just think uh, it, it's it's because this system has such an amazing ability to to learn and to respond and to really be be conscious, be present to what's unfolding around it. Um, mm. It's what Claire Diamond and I on another podcast called the Learning Extravaganza, and and we even called our little WhatsApp group, didn't we, before this podcast, the Learning Extravaganza? <laughs> that I thought was really neat. And yeah, I mean do we realize quite how powerful and potent that could be? And it seems to be that kids are more fertile to that than, I mean, I think yeah. we all are, but in, in a way they're closer to it. So um, to, to deal with, you know, because a lot of people go, I was talking to somebody the other day, oh God, life's hard, the country's going to pot, you know, society's falling over, the planet's falling over. You know, it, it was quite doom and gloom what they were saying. And I was like, yeah, but... On the other side, we've got this potential. Yeah, yeah. Right, and that's the point of being alive. Mm. It has to be the point of being alive. Yeah, but I think in the same way, Piers, the same way our emotional system is is nudging us back to the truth of who we are. The societal, global system is is doing exactly the same at the moment, and I it think is. there is a there is that I I feel that that hope and optimism that Michelle's spoken about, because I, I think suffering to a degree will make us question, you know, that maybe that's a natural part of the evolution. Maybe that's built into the design in itself, really, that we've, we're potentially headed down a bit of a blind alley and, and everything's telling us, no, no, there's another way, there's another direction to look. Um, and there's so much more possibility, so much more potential in, in looking in a different direction. So, yeah. yeah, and I think that's in that's in, in intuited, isn't it? I think that's really felt, and I, and I know that in terms of you know the kind of the the leaders that work in our schools that attract to them people, and they don't really know why, 
you know, but they know that there's something in the relationship and the connection that's of value, that's a benefit, that's you, you want to hang around our leaders because because mm. there's an element of coming from the source, coming from the truth of who we are, has a has an ease, has a presence, has a kind of loving connection to it, which is what we all want essentially. Mm. It's that I, I think there's a real kind of opportunity in yeah, moving away from those places of kind of fear and constriction to a more expansive and and loving place. I, I think I think that's so true. And people will gravitate towards that. And let's say they've been in an previously been in an environment or a system that was less like that, even toxic. They, the, the, the difference will be chalk and cheese, you know, and even with women paying twice as much money, they're like, I'm not going back there. Right. Exactly. This, you know, so there's a, there's a gravitational pull, isn't there, um, towards it, which is um, amazing. And the system is showing us. I just don't think we always look. I mean, I, I, I'm i a bit of a nerd on things like NDEs. I love near-death experiences because of what people get to see during that. Now, I'm not saying everyone should go and kind of try to kill themselves so they can have this experience because you can have it without getting the near-death bit. But that's, again, the system showing us what's there and sometimes through through people having really tough times they see it there's a rupture yeah so it, it might you know to use it in, in normal terms you know it has to get worse before it gets better i mean it doesn't have to people could just come on your program mine so often we get in our heads trying to work out well, what's the universe up to which way is it heading what's it doing well i don't know that's a question only the separate self would ask the why question and it's kind of interesting to chuck it around as long as you don't expect you're going to get anything meaningful from the answer so you can sit in this lovely kind of potentially paradox between it just is and be deeply curious about the evolution exactly because if you get too deeply curious about the evolution you start worrying about it going oh my god it's not happening fast enough what's going on is there enough hope we haven't got enough hope what's going on there blah 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 well given there's no free will given there's no learner there's no doer there's no chooser it's doing what it's doing <laughs> so you can be paradoxically completely curious and part of that um without having to sort of go oh my god it's not happening because that that'd be the separate self then saying it's not happening fast enough so it, it's it's kind of it's not apathy it's just kind of being part of the system isn't it um yeah just deeply fascinated by it i think that's yes what, what, what and that and that i think if i could sum up for me you know the last 10 years of this i just get more curious by stuff rather than bothered by it mm. i wouldn't think it's to do with me yeah and how much freedom is in that than anything yeah. possible isn't it yeah because yeah. exactly uh you can see that about anything is that oh it's not really about that Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. I can just look at it and just get curious. And if there is something to learn for the avatar me, you know, then you do that. There'd be an obviousness, as you, as you, as you said, Michelle, there'd be an obviousness. So how's the education system going to learn, uh, change from what you're doing? You know, I guess by people being more in this emergent aperture, as I would call it, obviousness will turn up in how those teachers and heads and trusts want to run their schools. And assuming they can play in this curriculum a little bit, that's how it will happen. Your course doesn't need to go into now. On day one, the kids should do this because that's not what you're doing. You're doing, I think you called it earlier, you're doing the pre-bit. the pre -bit. I often call it you're making the soil fertile and the seeds will do their thing. So 
it's the most valuable place you can start, even if it can appear to be a little bit like, was that too abstract? Is that too not near the sharp pointy end? No, the sharp pointy end gets so much better when you start here. Yeah. And I think it's that balance, isn't it, of giving them enough, the practicality yes. that it feels like this is, this. you're talking to me, this is my yes. world. Yes, Abs- it's got to be related. You've got to realise it's a self coming into it to start with. And I think you mentioned earlier about how much attention you put to your programme design. Um, because although everyone's completely individual pieces of popcorn, you know, they're all popping in their own way, there is something about how you design the programme that makes a difference and that's what i've been trying to evolve over the last 10 15 years and there's no there doesn't seem to be a formula but there is things you can kind of oh okay that works better than that and when you play with a new program format you you learn so yeah. um it, we love that you know like i just think that's where we're curious and we want to kind of continue to see more grow more adapt it's it's just a constantly moving you know beautifully organic journey and and i yeah. think that that's the joy of it yeah that's when we remind ourselves that that we're part of that living extravaganza as well <laughs> you know when we we get out of our own way in terms of yeah we need it to be a certain way and and uh, yeah and we play in that space of one of our phrases is trust the process because you yeah. get you get to you get to a certain point and you kind of think oh they're not seeing it they're not seeing it yeah. and then we trust the process and we can yeah we can get in our own heads and do a bit of thinking at that stage but we've kind of learned to trust the process yeah and, and what anybody, I... you know tweak it change it and if that's obvious and that makes sense then do that too and what i hear in trust the process is trust the emergence Exactly. Right. It's not like trust the old process we did ten years ago, it or trust the process we did last week. It's trust what obviousness points to. Yeah. yeah. So, and yeah. and if you know that's on your side, you're like, well, something will occur to me, or it won't. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. If it does, it does. And that's the process. That that's like, you know, if you're staring at that one leaf on the tree and it's autumn and it hasn't fallen yet, you're like, oh dear, oh dear, that leaf's still there. The tree Uh-oh. is faulty. Yeah, the tree's faulty. Nature's broken, quick. Oh, no, no. The, 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 it will do what it does. Um, so I'm wondering whether we can, is, is there, we're sort of getting towards time a little bit. Anything you would like to kind of put a bow on, summarise, if there's anything you'd wanted to sort of leave listeners with about your your experiences, your journey, um, anything you want them to consider or get curious about, you know, what would you say? And and feel free for whatever occurs to you falling from your tree in this moment. <laughs> I think just what a incredible experience being human is, you know, and how, um, how for me, the utter joy of being able to have that sense of curiosity and openness whether it's us whether we see it in our participants i think that's the nature of 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 life of us all you know that open curiosity um and i think that's at the heart of education um i think that's where learning is um ah amazing you know and and i think that that's something that we don't have in a textbook or we don't have in a workbook or we don't um you know we can't define it um but it's an incredible place to hang out and i think that this this journey just helps that become more accessible to us moment to moment um 
that's ultimately where change happens. Um, and I think that's the the gift that we experience every day on this journey with people and that we witness in other people. Um, and um, yeah, it's a, it's a, a you know, a, a beautiful shared experience to, to have that. Lovely. Lovely. Thank you, Michelle. What about for you, Sarah? Yeah, I think what's, what's coming up for me and um, I just kind of feel quite emotional, but you know we're part of that unfolding we're part of that evolution and i just marvel at what is unfolding you know i feel so um gifted to have met michelle and kind of this this kind of meeting of context and design in terms of the pure potential journey um and it's actually been seemingly you know easeful and and quite quick that we've got to this point and now we're at this point where We've shared the understanding with this absolutely incredible group of school leaders that are you know, having a ripple effect into a system that's absolutely crying out for for change, for reform, for transformation. Uh, and we were we, we our, our website has just gone live, and we were asked as part of it to come up with this kind of ten year vision. We had a play. We know we know the nature of imagination. Yes, we'll have a play with that. Let's see what comes up with that. But you know, just to have that sense that we could be, um, this could be at the heart of system reform. This could be uh, contribute to to transformation in terms of education, which ultimately gives a better experience for for children and young people over the next couple of decades. And, and that's a phenomenal possibility just to sit with um and, and who knows who knows show up to whatever this plan is that's unfolding for us but there's so much hope so much possibility in that and yeah and, and i think everything in the world is is telling us to do this so we'll carry on doing it and let's see yeah and and just listening to you and having really really enjoyed this last hour or so of chatting i i you know i can see why the systemic change will happen because you guys are embodying what you talk to others about yourselves which which is the only way you can really do this work otherwise it just falls flat but and, and that means you will be part of the the transformation e even in a small way who, who knows where the ripples go but i i'm pretty convinced something fantastic will happen from what you're doing it already has started those lucky lucky schools up in derbyshire i think it is isn't it um lucky lucky teachers and pupils to have had the experience of what you're offering and that's going to carry on and then the results will happen from there and you you guys are in such a lovely space about it so i i wish you all the best but i don't think you really need it because i think you're <laughs> It feels like you're really aligned to what you want to do and you're 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 finding your way. And um it's it's so as you said, Sarah, it's so needed. Oh my word. It's so needed. So um yeah, th thank you for coming on and um sharing a bit of that on the on the on the show. It's been great. And I'm just hoping that people listening, if you've got anything to do with education at all, you might check out Pure Potential and their new website um well, what, what, is, is that the best way to get a hold of you if people are interested linkedin or the website or something or yeah website's great um so it's just pure-potential.org great and uh, we say new but people aren't listening to this in two years time so we're currently talking new. december 23 yeah? um <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it may not be new soon but um thank you so much for coming on and chatting i think it's fabulous what you're doing 
I, I love it. And I look forward to supporting you in any way I can. And I'm glad I managed to do a tiny weeny bit of that so far. So thank you. Oh, we're so grateful, Piers. It's it's great to to have you with us. And, and we really, really felt that. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you. So listeners, I hope you enjoyed that episode. And as usual, have fun being curious until next time. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and want to know more, check out our website at qualityofmind.biz and also feel free to reach out and leave us a review or a comment. Until next time, have fun being curious.